Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. When Jesus came, he provided us a way back to have a relationship with our God. And uh, this, is, this is great news to celebrate at Christmas. You know, we, we do, we glorify Jesus Christ in this Christmas season. And, you know, I just want to welcome any visitors here today. It might be your first time in church, but I wanted to share just a little bit about my story so that you can appreciate how grateful I really am for God's amazing grace. You see, I grew up in a very challenging situation. Uh, my, when I was little, both my parents were alcoholics. Uh, who knows, that's not much fun as a little person. Um, ducking and weaving, I uh, had a very violent household. There was a lot of verbal abuse and physical abuse. Uh, that's what I was witnessing, is my entry into the world. And so I found places to hide, me and my sister. And uh, one of those places to hide was our swimming pool in the back garden. I spent hours and hours in the swimming pool learning, teaching myself how to spin, do tricks off the side of the pool and how long I could, you know, hold my breath underwater and just entertaining myself literally for hours in the swimming pool until my dad saw me one day and and realised that I actually had a little bit of a talent in spinning and twisting and so he signed me up for diving lessons and I started diving at just the age of eight years old and uh, can you imagine how sure I was at eight? Right. Um, I started diving when I was just eight. And by the time I was, when I was 11 years old, I got to represent Australia in the World Diving Championships. Yeah, thank you. It was a great, thanks. It was a great honour to carry the Australian flag. 1977, there's a clue how old I am. Um, 1977, we went to Texas and then on to Canada. But, you know, I had this huge dream in my heart to get to the Olympics. I would, that's all I could dream of, all I could imagine. And I, you know what happened is that I put all my eggs in one basket. I put all my hope in diving. See, for me, because my parents didn't have any faith, they didn't have Christianity, they didn't tell me about a God, you know, because they didn't know God themselves. Uh, because I grew up with not knowing about God or not having any faith, I just thought that diving was my hope. And so I put all my eggs in this one basket to give me a reason to live, to get out of bed in the morning. And, you know, I had a strong vision. And uh, what happened on my 14th birthday was that my vision came tumbling down. And um, I took a dive. It was the national competition in Tasmania. And I took a dive off the 10-metre platform, you know, the highest one. And instead of bringing the dive through the water like a pencil, I overextended my spine on entry and ripped all my neck and spine and hips out of joint. And I was unconscious in the water. And uh, all the judges, three on each side, dived in and reefed me out. But, you know, in that moment, I knew I had lost my hope. I knew that I had injured myself so badly. I didn't know the extent of my injuries, but I knew that I had done something serious. And I lost, I knew that I was going to have to give up diving. It was an intuitive knowing. And that was the truth as I um, had to now start living with a very crooked spine. And I was in a lot of pain. 
You know, and I lived with this pain. The biggest pain for me was to literally go to my coach and say, you know what, I can't dive anymore. Um, my, my spine was crooked and I couldn't even sit in a chair for more than five minutes without cramping up and being in pain. So as long as I was on the move and standing, I was all right. But to sleep or to sit was just excruciating. And as a result of this, I was so bewildered. I was angry. I felt ripped off. I felt like if I can't dive, I don't want to do anything. You know, that was what I was born for. That's what I was destined for, to be a diver. And, and so I just suffered with this massive disappointment in my heart and confusion. Like, why am I here? What is this all about? And if I can't dive, I don't want to do anything. And so, you know, I, I, I got really angry and I got expelled from the best private school in Sydney. Sorry, Dad. Um, just because I was just angry. I was doing crazy things. And I went to this new school and I gravitated towards all those other angry, disappointed, bewildered teenagers like me. And they introduced me into uh, drugs, party drugs at first, and then a lot more serious drugs. I know that's really hard for you to believe because I look like an angel. But I was literally got, because I do everything so passionately, I started taking drugs like a champion. And I led a whole lot of people down the wrong road that, I was so, that I'm so sorry for. But um, what I'm telling you that is because I had a lot of mistakes on my, the pages of my life. And, uh, you know, I didn't know there was a loving God who said, if you would just receive by faith salvation, that I could actually be forgiven of everything that I ever did. I, nobody ever told me the good news. Nobody ever said to me, come to church and find out about God. Or nobody had ever explained to me that that is why Jesus came. And uh, so anyway, what happened was there was this one girl and she saw my pain and she started praying for me. She invited me into a church just like this, actually. It was a C3 church. And uh, for the first time in my life, 15 years of drug taking, 15 years of pain, 15 years of living like a crazy woman, I sat in that service and heard the good news for the first time that if I could just believe that that is what Jesus did. So I didn't have to do anything to earn it. I just had to believe and receive it by faith that I could have salvation and healing. Well, I put up my hand that day and received salvation. It was the most incredible experience of my life. I'll never forget it. It was the 29th of May and uh, 1995. And you know what happened was God's love just overwhelmed me, just flattened me. I was just in awe of how much God loved me. See, He didn't love me when I was perfect. He loved me when I was at my worst. And I received this amazing salvation and I knew in a millisecond that God had seen everything in my life and still loved me. It was the greatest news that it was a gift that I received that day. But later I went on to know know about God that He's also a healing God. And so I ran to the pastors and said, you know what, I really need healing. And so we prayed a prayer of faith in the name of Jesus and I just sat in a chair and received like a child would receive a gift. I just received a supernatural healing from God. And I'm standing here today, a walking, talking miracle and a proclamation of the power of God because in two and a half hours, God completely straightened my spine and my neck and my hips came into order. I know, right? Amazing. I mean, here I am. Uh, here I am, a young 
a young girl, a young woman who had no idea about God at all. And now I'm being supernaturally healed. And I'm here to tell you that miracles happen. Miracles do happen and that His healing power is available today. You know, and uh, I'll never forget this. Um, I went on, you know, just like, that's how I became a Christian. Just in, in awe, I wanted to tell everybody that they too can have it. They can have this gift. They can have salvation. They can have healing. And so that is what I spend my life on, just telling people how good God is. Amen. I remember this one particular Christmas, though. I'm a single mum. Um, I have two boys. I've, uh, I'm, a, I'm a survivor of domestic violence. And uh, I, I'm out on my own raising my boys. And I remember one really challenging Christmas, 2012. I'll never forget it because God showed up for me in that, on that Christmas. You see, I had, I had a financial challenge that year and I had nothing to put under the tree. And so I'm putting up the tree by faith, by faith. I'm putting up the tree going, oh, I'm crying out to God. Oh, I've got nothing, no presents for the kids. And, uh, you know, my kids are all joyful putting uh, decorations on. And my youngest son, he says to me, Mom, why do we put up a tree at Christmas? Why a tree? I said, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm searching for answers. And then something really profound just came out of my mouth. It was too smart for me, so it must have been God. I said, because Jesus died on a tree. He said, no, he didn't. He died on a cross. Like, but, the tree, but the cross was made out of a tree. He said, you're right, Mum. I'm like, phew. Got out of that one. I, I, in that moment, heard this still small voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, Galatians 3.13. I'm like, Galatians 3.13. I went to look it up and it says this. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, which is us, through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Well, I reasoned with God. If you supernaturally healed me, if you supernaturally saved me, you see I'm, I'm forgiven because of your power, then surely you can provide for me some presence for under the tree. All I want, God, and I remember crying out to God, all I want, God, is the desires of my boys' hearts to be under the tree. I'm, I'm, I'm going to appropriate, I'm going to use my faith to believe you to provide for me in this Christmas. And do you know what happened? Um, I said to my boys, do you know what? This could go either way. <laughs> there could be nothing under the tree or it could all be under the tree. I said, do you know what I want you to do? I want you to write a list and we're going we're gonna to approach this Christmas as a family and we're going to approach it with faith. And we're going to ask God to provide for us. So they were in on the journey with me. And, you know, uh, within two weeks, well, just the next day, I got a phone call from a friend saying, I feel on my heart to give you $500. I'm like, what? And another couple of vouchers turned up in the post a few days later. And then another friend gave me some money. And do you know what? Within two weeks, I had $1,200 to spend on Christmas. I'll never forget it. It was amazing, right? I know. Give God a hand, right? Incredible. And um, 
it was so exciting, you know. I remember just having all this cash, like going from nothing to having all this cash. Like, oh my God, I can, I can actually spend all this money on all the desires of the boys' hearts. And you know, I felt like the, the Holy Spirit, this still small voice inside my head. Because I was crying out for the, for the desires of my boys' heart. I felt like God said, what about you? What about the desires of your heart? I'm like, you know what? The desires of my heart is to see the desires of my boys' heart. And he's like, well, I care about you. I'm like, oh, God. All right, me too. And um, anyway, what happened was I went to go and purchase everything on the boys' lists. And I had so much fun buying, purchasing. And it was, I was filled with joy. You know, and I got all the presents and I wrapped them all up secretly and I thought, now where can I hide them? You know, you've all got to have different hiding spots each year. Where can I hide them where the boys will never look? I know, I'll put them in the wardrobe in their bedroom. They'll never look there because you see the wardrobe's on the floor. I know what, you know what boys are like. They never look in the wardrobe for clothes. They just go to the floor. So... Do you know that my boys slept in that room for like over a week and all the presents were right under their nose? It was so cool. And, uh, you know, it was um, Christmas Eve. I went to sleep. I couldn't wait to like sneak down and put all the presents under the tree. And I uh, hear this like thump, 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 thump coming up the stairs. My oldest son slept downstairs and he's coming in the morning. He leaps on me, wakes me up with the proclamation at the top of his voice, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. I'm like, what time is it? He's like, oh, it's 4 a.m. I said, it is not Christmas. Christmas is at 7 a.m. When I've got coffee in my hand, that's when it's Christmas. Go back to sleep. And I sent him dejected down the stairs and you know, at 7 a.m. came and my alarm went off and I'm like, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. I couldn't wake them up, could I? You know, and it's like, come on, guys. We ran down to the tree. We're all, they're all sleepy-eyed, you know. And I watched my boys as they unwrapped every single present. And you know how you've got an order of presents to get maximum impact? Mums, dads, you know, you, 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 you save the best to last. I had this, uh, you know, best to last kind of present for both of them. And my eldest son, there was no way they were expecting it because it was like over the top good, right? And so I remember watching my, boy, my boy's face as he opened up the last best present and he literally fell backwards. And then he got up and he was so overwhelmed with shock that this present had arrived in his hands. He walked out of the room, shaking his head, shaking. I just, I, I just, I, 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 I just, I'm, I don't know. I don't know, mum. I, I don't know. He's had tears in his eyes. I was like, how cool. How cool to be able to give. And you know, God is like that with us. He's like... If they only knew the gift of God, if they only knew that that's why I gave Jesus, if they, if they only knew that I'm here to bless them, you know, God never intended humanity, humankind to struggle with pain and addiction and, and turmoil and abuse and, you know, depression and anxiety and fear. 
He never intended mankind. He gave us the greatest gift, the gift of life. And then he gave us his son, Jesus, to make sure that we had eternal life. That one, that we could have a relationship with God through Jesus. You see, John 4, 14 verse 6 says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. He is the gift. He's the price. Somebody had to pay for the sin. It was Jesus. Nobody killed Jesus. Jesus set, offered Himself as a living sacrifice for you and me so that we could enjoy this amazing grace, this salvation, healing, and deliverance for our lives and that we could have a daily relationship where God is inside of us and can speak to us, help us with provision. You know, maybe you're here today and, you know, you're saying, I need healing, I need healing, I need provision. Well, you know what the good news is that you can you can have that relationship with God where He can come through for you too. See, He hasn't got favourites. And, and you know how we always say, we always say, you know, Christmas, it's about the kids. It's about the kids, don't we? Always, us, us adults are too grown up. You know, we've got to get back to that childlike faith, I believe. And uh, I know today that God, there's people in this room, maybe you don't even come to church. Maybe you're a visitor today, but you know, you're not here by accident. God has got such a plan for your life and He's got a, he's got a, a destiny for you, a, a lane for you to run in. And you can only discover that, truly discover who you are and what your purpose is when you come into a relationship with God. It's almost like you see Him, but you see yourself. And uh, per- true purpose comes. And I want to I actually give everyone an opportunity here today to receive, to receive by faith. Don't forget it's by faith. What do you mean? I don't have to do anything? You don't have to do anything. I'll tell you how, what you have to do. Believe. The work of God is to believe. That's pretty simple, right? Why is it so hard to come to God? Because it says, you know, come on your knees. Come with humility. To receive is harder to give. When you receive something, it takes great humility to receive, doesn't it? It's like, oh no, not me, not me. God's saying, yes, you, yes, you. And uh, I want to give everybody an opportunity to receive the free gift of eternal life. You know what I feel like God's saying? It's right under their nose. The gift of God is right under your nose today. And imagine if I had gone through all of that and we sat around the tree and my kids didn't open one present. They're like, oh, no, no. No, 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 mum. No, really, no, no. Imagine if they'd said no to the gift. God's asking you today, will you open the gift? Will you open your heart and let me come in? Will you open your life to me and receive salvation, healing and deliverance today? And I wanted to pray for everybody here today because you don't have to walk out the same as you walked in because right now God is offering you free, a free gift, the free gift. I want to read this scripture over you and I'm going to, then I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to come to God today, right now, by faith, just by faith, just by believing in your heart. Your heart is the believing machine. All you've got to do is turn that faith on 
and receive. But I want to read Ephesians 2, verse 8 to you, just before I give us that amazing opportunity. The Scripture says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Isn't that the truth? I can't boast. Nobody can boast about how amazing the gift is. It's given freely by God. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.